Almost Famous with John Shea. Featuring local and independent musicians from the South Shore, Boston, and New England. On 95.9 WATD. Welcome to the Tiny Stage Hour on WATD, introducing you to independent band musicians from across New England. Every Tuesday night, 8 to 10, brought to you by Tiny and Sons Glass. I'm John Shea. And very excited to welcome back a special guest to our studio tonight. Through Zoom, we're being joined by Lori McKenna. Lori, how are you doing tonight? I'm good. How are you? Thanks for having me. My pleasure. Thanks for coming back. This is exciting. First and yeah. foremost, how are you doing through the COVID-19 pandemic? Everybody staying safe? Yes, everybody's staying safe. Everybody's staying home. I'm doing really well, you know, as far as just writing as much as I can and working out of my little studio at home. And the kids are good. My husband works at the gas company, so he's been on the job every day. But we're good. Everybody's good, thank God. That's good. Good to hear that. As a music professional, in your opinion, how do you think this has affected the music industry and the music community? Oh, I mean, I think it's just been you know quite a surprise for you know and all across the board for everybody but it's it seems i mean you know i i think i we all sort of tend to live in a, a bubble a little bit but so i i do you know talk to a lot of musicians and a lot of writers and people in the business and just everything's gone you know the show's being gone at this point uh you know hard on the bands harder on the performers harder on the audiences i know so many people especially in our community because we have such a rich community of shows around here that you know have really they're they're missing going to see shows you know it's been it, it becomes part of your your life um i think the live streams and the things that people have been able to put together um online have been really really helpful and we all know that music is medicine for so many of us and i think finding creative ways to find new music and or find unique performances that wouldn't exist you know if not for this craziness but yeah i mean it's been hard on uh, on everybody across the board but i think those players that are, are used to doing you know many shows a week and that's their livelihood it's it's probably hit them the hardest as far as musicians go I agree. And and speaking of creativity, doing the show through the pandemic, I've received probably more new music than I have in an entire year. Do you think that this is sparking more creativity? I think it has to. (laughs) You know, it's like this is we all go to our vices. You know, we all go to our things that make us feel like we have control or feel like we you know, are accomplishing something. And music is for so many of us is that's what we do when we're we're not sure what to do so i think it makes sense that there's a lot of it i also think that just having all the space that we've all been given the time and the quiet it it lends itself to your mind sort of your imagination sort of giving you a little bit you know pressing that creativity button a little bit more and i'm i'm really happy that people are still putting out a, a lot of music and people have asked me about, you know, releasing this record at a different time and it just didn't seem right. It seems like now's a better time than ever to do it in a way. Now, speaking of the new record, it's called The Balladeer. Give us the details. This is exciting. Yeah. So this is another record I made in Nashville with Dave Cobb and the, and the band that I work with on the last two records. And it's just 10 new songs. Some of them, my audiences will know from me playing, you know, as a songwriter, you always want to play out your, your new songs and try them on audiences. So some of them have been around for a little bit and some of them are, were, you know, just written right before we went into record. And we recorded early last winter, or late fall. And so it's been a minute for me and I'm excited to just finally get all these songs out there. Well, let's start off with a track from that new record. What do you want to start the show off with tonight, Lori? So I think first we should do the song that we release first, which is When You're My Age. All right, let's hear it and we'll talk about it. You're listening to the Tiny Stage Hour on WATD. This is Lori McKenna from The Ballad here with When You're My Age. When I was your age, 
Things didn't seem to be this hard Riding bikes out on the street Playing tag in the backyard You'll outgrow your shoes You'll outgrow your bed You'll outgrow this house Just don't forget When you're all grown up But you don't feel that way You're still gonna be Music from Lori McKenna off of her brand new album, The Balladeer. And Lori is joining us tonight on the Tiny Stage Hour. Lori, how you doing? I'm good. I'm very good. Thank you. So talk about that song. How did that one happen? So that song is funny because <laughs> it came from, you know, I like to write songs from titles. A lot of times my co-writers and I will sit around and talk about titles. You know, like this sounds like a good title for a song. And that one came from David Letterman believe it or not, it was a, um, 
an interview he did with Howard Stern that I saw. It's on a show on Netflix that he does. And he asked Howard Stern towards the end of the interview. He said, you know, the wor- he's talking about the world. And he said, you know, my son is 14 years old. What's the world going to be like when he's my age? And I just, you know, I have five children and I just knew exactly what he meant. You know, of course, any of us do just what are we leaving our kids and all that. And so I wrote the title down and I had a couple of verses, but I just couldn't finish the song on my own. And I brought it to Nashville and finished it with Liz Rose and Hillary Lindsay. And they're singing that with me. And we're all moms in different stages of momhood. Um, you know, Liz has a couple of grandchildren and my kids are all over the place and Hillary has a young daughter. And so it was just a real blessing that I got to write that song with, with two of my dearest mom friends, you know. And now talk about your songwriting team because you go by the Love Junkies, correct? Yeah. I don't know why we named ourselves that, but we gave ourselves that name. <laughs> How did you all come together? We came together from our publishers. You know, I live here and up in the Boston area and Liz and Hillary both live in Nashville. And our publishers were trying to put us together for a write one day for the three of us. And I usually always stay at Liz Rose's house anyway. So when they finally got a day, they said, you know, usually Laura's here for three days. So why don't we just have the three of them write together for three days straight? And from that point, the first song the three of us wrote together is a song called Sober, that little big town cut. And we just hit it off. We had all known each other in different ways, you know, in the community, but we just hit it off together as a writing team. And I think that first day was when we came up the name. It was really a joke, you know, like we're, we love this so much. We should have a name. (laughs) And we gave us, it was kind of, it was totally a joke, but it stuck. So. Fantastic. So for those who might not be familiar with the concept of co-writing, how does it work? Well, it works in all different ways, to be honest, you know, because sometimes you are with really dear friends and people that you know, inside and out. And you're writing a song and other times you're with someone that you just met five minutes before zoom writing has been unique because everybody's at home you know i've been writing with writers in la and writers in the uk and so there's a lot of sometimes you're meeting somebody for the first time over a computer uh, at this point but the goal in writing and everybody as long as everybody's on board on this is to write the the best song you can that day and I really enjoy co-writing. It's become a big part of what I do. I still write alone, but I I mostly co-write now. And it's just a different way to sort of tackle a song versus sometimes it gets a little daunting just doing it on your own and having somebody else in the room to say like, this might be dumb, but is it this? Could it be this? (laughs) And, And having an editor there and a cheerleader there. And it's really become a big part of my process. I I love it. Amazing. Well, let's do another track off of the ballad here, Lori. What do you want to play next? Well, another song on the record that I wrote with Liz and Hillary, um, we released this as a second single of this record. It's called Good Fight. All That'd right. be a good one. Let's hear it. 95.9 WATD with Lori McKenna.
It's called Good Fight Off the Ballad here, the newest album from Lori McKenna. It came out on Friday, and she's joining us tonight on the Tiny Stage. Lori, love that tune. Love the video for that tune, too. Oh, thank you. That was so fun to make. It was so fun. Talk about how that song kind of all came to be. That song started here as well. I wrote the chorus to that song at home and brought it to Liz and Hillary. Different trip, I think. Different writing trip. But that song just, you know, my husband and I have been married for a long time, like 31 years. And it just, I liked the idea of having, you know, fighting through things that get you to the other side and get you, you know, good fight is such an easy way to explain it. But the things that you have to fight for the overall well-being of your relationship with someone. Congrats on that, too. That's that's really incredible. Thank you. You've been in this area for many, many years. I know I think you started off playing open mics in Easton. Was it the Stone Forge? It was the Blackthorn Tavern. Blackthorn Tavern. Awesome. Yeah. So how do you think your songwriting has evolved from those early days playing the open mics to present day? That's a great question. I think, you know, I started writing songs when I was like 13, and I never left my house until with my music until I was... Um, I left my house, but not with not with my music. <laughs> I never left my house with my music until I was about 28. So there was a lot of years of writing songs alone and not really ever sharing them with anybody. Like my kids and my husband knew them and some of my you know best friends from high school knew them, but that was it. But um, for my siblings, I have two siblings that are songwriters and I just followed suit with them. But I think that as far as evolution of writing i've been doing it for so long now i realized at some point probably when i started leaving the house with my songs that there is a real craft to songwriting and you are to study it and honor it really and you know you have to go back and and listen to your favorite songwriters and you have to try to figure out and get in their brain and figure out how, how did they think of that where was that information gathered from where was that inspiration found and the thing about music that I find so beautiful, and I'm sure this is true of lots of things, is you can never know it all. Like you can never, you can always push yourself to find another way to grow in music. And there's, I'm, I still consider myself such a newbie, really, as far as knowing the craft of songwriting. But I definitely always take it from the point of view of my job is to serve the song and my job is to not let myself get in the way of the best song I can write um, in the room that day. That's amazing. We're chatting with Lori McKenna. The new album is called The Balladeer. It's out now. And Lori, we are up against our first break of this hour, but we have a lot more to talk about. So uh, let's uh, take a quick break and then we'll come back. We'll play some more songs and talk some more. Great. 95.9 WATD. Almost Famous with John Shea on 95.9 WATD. We're on the tiny stage tonight on 95.9 WATD. I'm John Shea, and being joined tonight by singer-songwriter Lori McKenna. How you doing? I'm very good, thank you. So for those who might not be familiar with you as a solo artist, give an introduction as to who you are. Well, I am a singer-songwriter. I live in Stoughton, Massachusetts, and sort of, you know, started out in the, well, definitely started out in, in the Boston community in the northeast of, we have a really rich community of singer-songwriters around here, and I was lucky enough to be born here in these parts and uh, be able to come up with all these great writers that we have around us. And what number album is The Ballad Here? Um, oh, wow, that's such a good question. <laughs> I have no idea. It's like 11 or 12 or something like that. That's amazing. <laughs> I have no idea. It's the newest and it's awesome. I've been listening to it all weekend in my car and it's, it's one of my favorites. Talk about how it all came together. Yeah, so I've made records with Dave Cobb. The, these last two records I did, this is a third one we did in the same format where I've made records all different ways and mostly up here in the Northeast and my management is down in Nashville. My publishers are down in Nashville and I'm down in Nashville quite a bit. And my manager, Beth Laird, a few years back asked me for your next record, who do you want to work with? And she mentioned Dave Cobb. I'm like, well, he doesn't know who I am. Like, there's no way he would work with me. And she's like, well, let's just give him a call. And so we made a record together called The Bird and the Rifle. And I really loved the process. It's, you know, a very small band. 
everything's live. I have trouble in the studio with like click tracks and things like that. I just don't like the feel of picking songs apart and putting them back together piece by piece. I feel like you do that so much of that in the writing that in the recording process, I really like to just play live. And Mark Arelli and I have done that together on records here. And I just couldn't think of a, a, another way to do it. So I've made these last three records with Dave Cobb, myself, Chris Powell on drums and Brian Allen on bass. And um, this record, we were lucky enough to have a keyboard piano player with us named Philip Towns that uh, we stole from Anderson East Band for a couple of days. And we recorded in um, RCA uh, Studio A down in Nashville, this legendary, huge legendary studio down there and just tracked the songs for a couple weeks and and then that's it. It's nice. like whatever comes out while we're tracking comes out. Was the ghost of Elvis in the studio with you? I think he's there somewhere, but I didn't, yeah, I didn't bump into him. <laughs> <laughs> that's amazing. And uh, let's do another track off the album, Lori. What do you want to play next? Well, let's do the title track. Let's do the balladeer. All right. Another one of my favorites on 95.9 WATD. Lori McKenna joining us on the tiny stage. The balladeer waits in the wings. Tugging on a just all the whiskey-faded cigarette-blown dreams She brings herself to her own knees With every line so delicate She sings every song that she knows The way that she hears them sad and slow They're never gonna play her on the radio So she hangs in the darkest bars with downtrodden Hearts, a guitar man there who knew all the chords Said he needed her to help him find the words The balladeer never loved anybody more It was magic but she worried what If she ran out of the plane she carried round with her so proud She wore it like a queen who wears a crown She put it down So he brought her to the river Where she could wash the trouble from her heart And let it shine like gold Felt like angels pour mercy on her soul And the weight of the world she let it go And she sang for the first time With her head held high and so much pride It opened up no Friends and strangers and business people called to say that she was finally headed for the stars, or at least the top of the charts. They changed their clothes and bought fancy cars till the guitar man caught the eye of a pretty background singer with the blues. Oh. That's the title track off of the latest Laurie McKenna album, The Balladeer. 
And Lori is joining us this evening on the tiny stage on 95.9 WATD. Lori, talk about that song. How did that one come together? That song started with the title as well. And that song, I saw, you know, I've heard of, of you know, that expression, the balladeer over the years, of course. And it's usually, I think, associated with a, a male singer. But I saw it somewhere and just wrote it down and just sort of loved the title. And I thought, well, if I can ever pull off writing this song, it's a great title for a record because I do tend to write ballads. I tend to sing ballads. My, I'm drawn to sad songs and, and slow songs. And when it came out, I was lucky enough that when I sat down to write it, it was just a character-driven song. And I love writing songs like that because you don't know who the character is when you start. And all I had was this picture of this woman that you know, like to sing sad songs or slow songs. And you just, you know, I started off at the beginning with that and she developed over the course of writing the song. And and so it tells a little story. It's not my story. It's her story. I don't know who she is, but those character development songs and those moments where you get to sort of invent someone in your head like that are so fun. It's such a different way to write for me. And when that happens for me, like The Bird and the Rifle and other songs where that becomes a person in my head, the character. I usually always fall in love with them. And I did with her in the song. It's a strange song. It doesn't have a chorus. <laughs> I brought it in to Dave Cobb and I was like, listen, don't tell me to <laughs> try to put a chorus in the song. It's not happening. It is what it is. But I love the production on this. I think he just nailed it. The background singer's name's Christian Rogers that did all those background parts. And she just made it a movie in my head for me. She just did such a great job. I'm glad you mentioned characters because many of your songs are character-driven, as you said. How often do those characters come from real-life experiences? Yeah, there's always a, a percentage of things that just come from all different you know, parts of your brain, I think. And, and for me, as far as identifying with her, I can identify with her because I understand what she means about being drawn to sad songs or feeling like, you know, there's a sadness in her and she doesn't know if it's important for her craft or not and all all these things. But then other people come into your head and, or just, you know, made up stories. And I really do find, I don't think I could do it like the way a novelist does. You know, I don't think even a, a short story, I could have the attention span to hold it together, but for a four and a half minute song, (laughs) it's really fun to have those, pieces of other people come into a character. Another theme that I noticed that runs through a lot of your music is spirituality and even faith. Is that intentional? I mean, I think it was just where I came from growing up in, you know, the Catholic church and having, I'm the youngest of six kids and just having church be such a big part of our upbringing. My dad used to teach, you know, CCD classes in the basement and things like that. So we grew up around it. It's just in my blood, I think. And have any of the stories in your songs ever come true? That's a great question. Um, as far as the character-driven ones, the real, you know, this, for the to use the balladeer as an example, I'm sure there's somebody that probably is, is quite like her. You know, it's not an extraordinary story, really. It's just her story. And I'm sure there's somebody quite like her. The bird and the rifle, it would be a little harder. <laughs> <laughs> Lori McKenna is joining us tonight on the Tiny Stage on WATD. And let's do another track. What do you want to play next? Well, we can stay in Womanland here and maybe do um, This Town is a Woman. All right. 95.9 WATD from the latest Lori McKenna album, The Balladeer. She has a rough side where she buries all the scars. And the freedom of a child in the midnight dark. All the crooked roads will only lead you home This town is a woman The way you talk is partly her fault From the back rows to the church parking lot She knows where you go when you want to be alone Town is a woman. You memorized through every curve. She took you in, she gave you nerves. She whispered all those dreams in your ear. But if she can't make those dreams come true, she knows you'll leave, cause they always do. She'll wish you well and wait for you right. 
Like the Father, Son, and the Holy Ghost She knows things about you nobody else knows Cause this town is one You memorized her every curve She took you in, she gave you nerves She whispered all those dreams in your ear But if she can't make those dreams come true She knows you'll leave cause they always do So she'll wish you well and wait for you right here Cause this town is a Every time she tries to change And when you're not happy You tell her she's to blame From the freeway down to the sugar cane This town is a woman This town is a woman Lori McKenna, This Town is a Woman, off of her brand new album, The Balladeer. Lori, talk about that song. How did that one happen? That song happened because um, of a phone call that I, a conversation over the phone with Dave Cobb about all the women singer-songwriters. We were talking about radio. We were talking about women in country and sort of all the group of women, especially in Nashville that were, you know, there's always a discussion about how much radio play those artists receive. And it came from that. And I was driving, my daughter was going to um, Cardinal Spellman at the time. And it's a, it was a bit of a ride from my house to school. And I was driving her to school the next day or driving her home. I can't remember which direction I was going in, but And I thought, well, I was thinking about all those women and I was just driving along and thinking, well, if a town had a gender, it would certainly be a woman. (laughs) And it just popped in my head and I went home and wrote it. When we went to track this song, I really wanted Karen Fairchild and Kimberly Schlappman of the band Little Big Town to come in and, and sing on that song for me. The songs that I write alone and sing alone, sometimes I get a little sick of myself over it and having them come in and sing those harmonies and just sing those parts for me that they came up with, you know, just so good at what they do. And their voices are so beautiful. They'd really lift that song up for me. So I'm curious to know, how do you know when a song is ready to be shared? Well, it's funny, back in the day when I first left my house with music and first was sharing, you know, songs that nobody would hear before, There was a big part of it that became the audience, you know, watching an audience. That's why I love intimate shows and venues, you know, like the ones that we have around here and that are everywhere, really. But, you know, my hometown shows like the Blackthorn Tavern, you know, back in the day starting, you can see the audience so well. And you can really read or guess what people are thinking with songs when you're introducing new songs to people. As I've been you know, playing for years and years now and know my audience a little bit better than I did in the beginning, it's still really rewarding to share a new song with an audience because I kind of know how to read them, I guess, a little bit better. And then people come up to you, of course, after and talk to you about songs or tell you how they identified with them or if they didn't or if they what they were thinking is totally different than what I was thinking, which is also cool, but sometimes surprising. But for me, the audience has been a big part of all that. That's one thing that we're really missing now. I'll, I'll play things for my husband, Gene, when he comes home from work a lot of times, if, especially if I've written the song alone. I'll play them for him. Two of my kids are songwriters, so I'll bounce things off of them sometimes, too. That's amazing. Obviously, you're an amazing solo artist. You've also collaborated with some of the biggest names in the business. When you're writing a song, how do you know it's one you're going to keep for yourself or option out to somebody else? 
Yeah, it's such a good question. I I get that question a lot, but it sounds like it's going to be more complicated than it is, but it isn't. It's always worked out really well for me. I either am working with an artist that is so much bigger than me, I'm not going to get in their way, or the timing just works out. You know, where an artist will cut something a year before I will or a year after. And and honestly, at the end of the day, you write. I, I, songwriters write so many songs that nobody hears. We write so many songs that to be in a predicament where I want to cut a song and an artist wants to cut the song, another artist wants to cut the song as well, is really, it's a good problem to have. And it's honestly pretty rare, to be honest. How do you continue to keep your ideas fresh? I, um, that's another thing about live shows that we're sort of missing right now, or we're definitely missing now. And we have to, you know, reach out with these live streams and things like that is going to a live show is your best way of getting all that energy in and just picking up the energy in the room and, and watching a friend or just someone you're a fan of perform is always the best listening to all the new music you can. And sometimes I'll even go back and just listen to a, a try to try to do a cover version of a song that I loved years and years ago. That's always a good way to sort of find some inspiration. We're talking with Laura McKenna tonight, and her latest album is called The Balladeer. Speaking of writing and working with other artists, have you ever had a song written that's been interpreted by somebody else in a way that you didn't expect? I think songs are meant to be interpreted differently. Because I'm you know, sort of limited in my guitar skills and things like that, I think that <laughs> If, I w- if I'm to cover a song, I try to make it my own. So when someone does that in a, a song I've written, I always, you know, I always think it's such a, a compliment, really. You know, in the case of You Get a Love Song, my friend Jack Ingram cut that song. And, and you know, I wrote it for Jean. I wrote it because, you know, I've just been married a long time and, and it just came out as uh, I'm not really good at love songs. And it was kind of like, a, well, here's one for you. Not that he asked me to write him a love song, but and my friend Jack, um, who's been married a long time as well. It's it was funny to hear that song out of a man's perspective. That's probably that one in the and Tim and Tim whenever Tim McGraw cuts something it's always they make it their own. Cool. Well, I'm glad you said you get a love song because you let me pick one of the songs we're going to play tonight, and that's the one that I did pick off of the uh, Lorraine album. So can we play it? Yeah. All right. Ninety-five-nine WATD. This is Lori McKenna. You get a love song. Don't get much, no, no. 
picture that looked anything like love. The six o'clock news don't give a damn that by the grace of God we worked it out again. By the grace of God. Working overtime and leaving week to week for men and your dreams falling. You get a love song from Laurie McKenna. That's off of the album Lorraine, which what was that about 2011 when that came out? Yeah, that was a bit ago. Yeah, that was produced by my friend Barry Dean, who is a dear friend and co-writer. And we made that record together. Um, might have been like, yeah, 2010, 2011. Yeah. I've always been a huge fan of yours, but that was actually the very first song that I heard from you on the radio. And I had never heard it before. And I just, I, I, that was the first time I really heard you rocking out. <laughs> That's another reason why I really miss the live shows. Cause even the songs that I record that are slower, when you play with a band, you know, you, you, it's so fun. I'm writing, you know, by myself a lot of times with an acoustic guitar and it's hard for me to picture the songs moving more. So when you get in the studio or you get in with your band and, you know, really anybody that can do that, that has the power to do that. It's always really fun to, to, to hear a song that way. Now, with The Ballad Ear being your, your most recent album, do you still learn new tricks about writing and recording as you create new music? I mean, yeah, I think that's your job. Your job is to just keep learning and keep being inspired by new writers, young writers. I, you know, like I said, two of my kids are writers and I, I listen to a lot of what they're doing and they're co-writing and, and you know, what 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 their thought like their thought process and how how did they get to where they are in the song and um i think that's your job it's um it's an important piece of of staying true to your to your craft to your art Lori mckenna we are up against our final break of the night but i think we have time for one more song after the break does that work for you that works for me all right we have more right here on 95.9 watd this is the tiny stage hour Almost Famous with John Shea on 95.9 WATD. For the final time this evening on 95.9 WATD, this is the Tiny Stage Hour. I'm John Shea, being joined tonight by Lori McKenna. How are you doing this evening? I'm very good, John. Thanks. Before we get too much further, share with us your website and any social media links you might want to pass along. Oh, that's smart. Um, my website is just Laurie, L-O-R-I, McKenna, um, dot com. And as far as social media, I think my handle's like Laurie McKenna MA. I had to get that Massachusetts in there. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. So I've been doing this show for just about 10 years. And anytime I have a singer-songwriter on the show, I always ask them to mention their influences. And the names that have been most mentioned, obviously the Beatles, but your name comes up probably more than any others. And no. I'm just curious to know, what advice would you give to aspiring musicians just beginning their music career? Wow, that's really sweet. I had no idea. That's um, inspiring um, to hear, to be honest. I would, you know, what I tell people as far as writers coming up is I tell them that they have to know an instrument enough to be able to sing their song. And they don't have to be able to think that they're a great singer but they have to be a great interpreter of what they are creating. And I don't, I never have, I've been always been very clear that I don't have the best voice. I don't have the best guitar skills, but I was always by the grace of God able to interpret what I was writing. And I think that that's really important. I think a lot of times when people come up and I know people that are lyricists and they're brilliant, even the, the people that I know that have made really good livings as just lyricists. And I hate to even use the word just in that because it is so important what they do. 
the the older they get, they've all had to learn how to still interpret their song to somebody. You have to be able to, you can't just pass it off to somebody else to, to sing for you. And sometimes the most emotional way to hear a song is, is from that, that writer. So I always tell people that they have to even just a little bit know how to play an instrument and, and sing their songs. And I also tell people that they have to want to write songs more than anything else in order to really want to get into this business because it's changed so much over the years. And it's not really something that's going to be all that financially rewarding for you unless it's not going to just be financially reward. You have to find your reward in songwriting and lots of other things besides money, because the way that the business has changed over the last several years, it, it's, it doesn't really lend itself to that anymore. So it has to, it has to be rewarding in of itself for it to be able to carry you through. What an amazing answer. Laura McKenna, thank you so much for joining us tonight. The last time that you were here in 2014, speaking of fans, a fan called up and requested a song that you had performed with Little Big Town. I think at the music circus called Humble and Kind. Yeah, yeah. And that's one that you eventually recorded on, was that on The Tree? That was on... Or The Bird and the Rifle. I think it was The Bird and the Rifle. (laughs) If we can close with that song, but before we do, could you give us the story behind what that song's about? Sure. That that song um, I wrote... A few years ago, when my youngest son, David, he's 16, um, he was 10. And my oldest son, Brian, was 25 at the time. And my kids were all over the place. And I took the little kids to school and my husband went to work. And I sat at the dining room table and I was trying to write a song of the list of things that Gene and I wanted to tell our children and things that we wanted to make sure that they knew it started from that idea of just a list of, you know, visit grandpa and things like that. It's a, it's a really simple song over a three chord progression and everything rhymes with the word kind, but I really put my whole heart into it. Just trying to find, make sure I had lines for each of the kids and make sure that I was happy with it. And Jean would be happy with it. And um, I sang it in my iPhone that day and I emailed it to Tim McGraw and he made a big, hit with it he really saw it as such a big song and i saw it as such a small song it's kind of remarkable it's a good example of how music can just morph into different things when it's sung by different people incredible Lori mckenna one last time give the new album a plug the balladeer well thanks for having me on and i hope everyone checks it out i really do thanks so much john my pleasure 95.9 watd humble and kind closing out the night Don't forget the key is under the mat But childhood stars shine Always stay humble and kind Go to church cause your mama says to Visit grandpa every chance that you can It won't be wasted time Always stay humble
knows how to eat a root beer popsicle Shut off the AC and roll the windows down And let the summer sun shine Always stay humble and kind Don't take for granted the love this life gives you When you get where you're going, turn right back around And help the next one in line Always stay humble 